Gary Renard Podcast, number 10. Welcome to the Gary Renard Podcast, your personal podcast connection to Gary Renard, best-selling author of The Disappearance of the Universe and Your Immortal Reality. This is Gene Bogart, podcast producer and Gary's co-host. And as you know, we invite people to send in questions for Gary. And this episode of the podcast series is going to be the first in which it's all questions for Gary. Usually we have a little funny banter. Well, uh, some of us think it's funny and witty. And then we move on to other topics and then Gary answers some questions. But we've had so many questions for Gary that we thought it was about time we started dedicating a few podcast episodes to focusing just on those questions so we can get to more of them. Everybody seems to enjoy them, so let's get right to it now as we begin with our first podcast episode of Simply Questions for Gary. We've got a question from Linda. She says, Gary, I'm practicing advanced forgiveness and understand intellectually that disease is not a reality. Yet in this illusion, I have experienced some health challenges. It would be most helpful to understand if seeking assistance from doctors and and or even angels is reinforcing the ego. Could you please elaborate on this? Thank you. That's from Linda. Okay, Linda. I think that uh, a very enlightened approach to the idea of sickness and health is that there is no difference between a healthy body or a sick body. Now, of course, right away, most people think, well, that's ridiculous. Of course, it's better to have a healthy body than to have a sick body. But the truth is that an enlightened approach to it would be that there is no difference between a healthy body or a sick body because neither one is true. You know, and if the body isn't real and if it's not true, then how can a sick body be any worse than a healthy body, and how can a healthy body be any better than a sick body? So it's kind of confusing to people because we tend to make everything real. We tend to make everything important. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't enjoy having a healthy body and that you don't have a good time when you have good things going on in the world. It simply means that when you have something that you need to forgive, you know, something like a sickness or a pain, then what you want to do is you want to start going to the position of being at cause instead of effect. And this is an area where this is particularly important because, uh, once again, if that sickness or pain is in the body, then you're at the effect of it, and the body's being done to you because the body is real. Because if you think the pain is in the body, then the body must be real. Mm -hmm. But what if the pain and sickness is not in the body? What if it's in the mind? If it's in the mind, then you can change your mind about it. You know, now you can start coming from a position of cause instead of effect. So... What you do is you change your mind about it, understand that uh, it's, it's coming from you, that, it, that it's not being done to you. And then, in answer to your question, what you can do is you can see uh, an angel as being like the Holy Spirit, because you want to do everything with the Holy Spirit sooner or later, because if you do things on your own, then you're reinforcing the idea of separation. But if you ask the Holy Spirit for guidance every now and then, and help every now and then, then what you're doing is you're kind of like taking a symbol of God and you're using it as a way to kind of like, you know, build a bridge between you and God. So now you're connected. You know, it's kind of like you're connected to spirit. Uh, angels and things like that are actually, you know, uh, a better way for some people to think of the Holy Spirit because it's not so scary to them. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have some people who, you know, the Holy Spirit might show up to as an angel. The Holy Spirit might show up to 
some people as the Virgin Mary. And, uh, you know, that's what's good for them. What might be good for you is an angel, or maybe you could just talk to the Holy Spirit uh, directly, whatever works for you. But it's important to have some kind of a symbol, you know, where you can join with, with God in some way so that you're connected and that you're not separate. And uh, so in answer to your question, no, you're not reinforcing the illusion by, you know, using angels and things like that, and you're not really uh, doing anything wrong going to a doctor or anything like that. In fact, uh, that's simply a symbol of you getting well. If you want to go to a doctor and, and you start to feel better, then what it is is a symbol of a decision that you have made at the level of the mind to get well. So now the cause is in the mind, which is the decision to get well, and it shows up in the effect, shows up in the world, you know, as a good doctor or a chiropractor or maybe a Reiki master or an acupuncturist, you know, something like that will show up in the world that will give form to your decision to get well. That's the important thing. Uh, so, you know, healing is always done at the level of the mind, and uh, it's a form of forgiveness, and that's the important thing. And then whatever shows up in the world, you know, that's secondary. I think we had talked in a previous podcast about that, how sometimes the result we seem to see in the physical world is a side effect or an after effect of our having joined with spirit ahead of time. That's the real work, is joining with the Holy Spirit. And we may also then have the happy after effect of better health or better enjoyment. That's true. In fact, if you look in uh, the Manual for Teachers in A Course in Miracles, there's a section called, you know, How is Healing Accomplished? And it talks about that a lot. And, and it's the decision at the level of the mind that's important, and then everything else flows from that and kind of like uh, follows that. This next one I think you're going to enjoy here, Gary, for some reason. Uh, this comes from our friend Joel. It's a little lengthy, so I'll read right through it. Hi, Gene and Gary. Uh, Gary, I have found your books, audio, CDs, and website extremely helpful, helpful, and helpful perhaps, and I'm glad you guys are doing this podcast. I also met you when you were in Dallas a few years ago and enjoyed your workshop very much. However, there's one issue I'm stuck on, so here's my question. I have many times heard you talk about how beautiful exquisite, etc., that Persa is. Isn't dwelling on that kind of playing into the trap of the ego? I don't mean to put you down. I just feel that I personally struggle with judging people on their physical appearance a lot, especially women, since I'm a guy, <laughs> and probably need to practice forgiveness around this. You know how in the movie The Matrix, the Oracle is an old lady smoking cigarettes and baking cookies. I thought that was refreshing to see an enlightened character that had a physical appearance that was not very attractive. Can you just confirm for me that it really doesn't matter what person looks like, and that it is the essence of both Artin and Persa that was the real beauty and exquisiteness. And again, that comes from Joel. Okay, well, you got a few things there. Uh, first of all, I remember being in Dallas. Uh, this about, oh, about two and a half years now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was there, had a good crowd. Uh, it was a good day. I got a standing ovation. Mm. And uh, they never asked me back. So <laughs> you, tell them, you tell them to have me back, okay? It's about time. And uh, let me see. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, you know, he can have the oracle, you know, from the Matrix, and I'll take Bursa, and that's fine with me. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, know, you get what you, uh, what you ask for. Yeah, you get what you manifest or project, I suppose. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's okay. But uh, actually, the reason, you know, that, that I joke a lot with Bursa, I mean, some people take it seriously, but she's an ascended master, and I know that she's unattainable. 
you know, she's not interested in being with anybody or anything like that. And so I just joke a lot with her about, uh, you know, it's kind of like a flirting that I know is doomed to failure because, you know, I, and it's part of the fun, you know, of the humor of the book. So I'm not really serious about that. And uh, plus she's, you know, she's me, as you know, uh, except she's from the future, except the future already happened, but that's a whole other discussion. And so, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, dwelling on the beauty, well, it depends. I mean, if you're psychologically attached to it and if you're obsessed and everything, then, yeah, it is a trap. But if it's just, uh, you know, something that you admire, like a beautiful sunset or, uh, you know, the, the wonderful art, you know, like when I was in Laguna Beach, you know, it's a wonderful artist uh, colony. And, uh, you know, if you appreciate it in that, in that sense of the word, instead of obsessing on it or, or being really attached to it, then I don't think it's a problem, and I, I don't even think it's even something that you have to forgive. I think the focus of A Course in Miracles is on uh, realizing that anger is never justified and that whatever is disturbing our peace, that's what we really have to focus on forgiving. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why you know, A Course in Miracles would say that uh, we want to give up our judgment and our condemnation and whatever it is that's bothering us, those are the things that the Course is focusing on forgiving. It's, it's not harping on us to not have a good time or admire beauty or anything like that. So in, in this case, I think then what you're saying is basically the, that, that Joel shouldn't worry about finding women attractive. The thing is not to be judging based on that. That's right. And, and if he's going to want to forgive something, he doesn't have to forgive the fact that they're attractive. Uh, he's going to have to forgive how upset he gets when one of them leaves him <laughs> or something. I mean, that's that's the forgiveness lesson. As many of our podcast listeners know, there's a Disappearance of the Universe group at Yahoo.com, and it talks all about Gary's, both his books, really, Disappearance of the Universe and Your Immortal Reality. Go to Yahoo.com and look up under groups, Disappearance of the Universe, and you'll find all about it. We uh, just went over 4,000 members. That's quite a quite a gathering there, uh, and it's filled with a bunch of great people. I want to say hello to a bunch of them right now because I know a lot of folks from the group listen in on these podcasts. But for anybody who hasn't been there, who may have come to us through iTunes or through Forgiveness.tv, check out the Yahoo group, Disappearance of the Universe. You'll meet some really cool folks, talk about Gary and his books. We make fun of Gary, too, so that's part of the fun. <laughs> but... Uh, Quite seriously, we have a lot of great conversations, many lighthearted, but a lot of them are more serious questions as well. And you'll find a lot of very helpful people there that are more than willing to contribute what they have to say about any topic that anybody else might have that comes up about either of Gary's books or about A Course in Miracles. So by all means, check out the Disappearance of the Universe group at yahoo.com. And now let's get back to another question for Gary. Our next question is uh, another one that has to deal with enlightened ascended masters, I think. But uh, I'll read the whole thing. This comes from our friend Stephen, who's in Williamsburg, Michigan, where I'm sure it's cold right now as well. But uh, he starts off by saying, Gene, firstly, thanks for your great work. Oh, how I'd love to have a voice like yours. <laughs> I forgive her. I forgive us both for it, though. Stephen, my buddy, thank you so much. You know, I wish you worked at like NBC or something where, where you know, how, how come the people who seem to like what I do, they, they're never in places where they can actually get me any gainful employment, Gary. Is that just a forgiveness episode for me? Well, I, I think so. <laughs> and I'll, I'll give you a little hint, though. It's uh, If you want to do stuff like that, and it's, it's not, um, you know, that, uh, you know, I'm saying what you should do or anything, but... <laughs> 
Uh, unfortunately, I think you have to travel a lot to, you know, to do that kind of stuff and work work for NBC. You'd probably have to commute between uh, Boca Raton and Universal City or something. I could work that out. But also, you know, if it was just announcing work, I can do that right from my studio here, and I can they can send the checks to me here too. Well, I've heard a lot of the work that you do in your studio, and I think it's fantastic. Well, you see. You and Steven, I'm going to make you guys my manager. Actually, I also my, saw of, a commercial that you acted in where you played this kind of like uh, bandit. That's right. I was a Mexican bandito in a television. I was on camera with that one. I was the star of the show. I'll well, post just, that. You were just amazing. I'll post a link at the website. People can check that out at, at our forgiveness.tv site. I have a thing now there called the producer's blog. And uh, every now and then I put in some crazy commentary or something. So when you go to forgiveness.tv for Gary's podcast, you can also check that out. And I think you'll enjoy it. I do. I do. I, I pull out all the stops when I'm there. It makes great. no sense. But I'll put a link to the to the bandito piece because that was fun but yeah i think that would be great my other thing i was going to say is uh, and we'll get back to you Stephen. hang in there with us it's like the three of us are here anyway right now uh one of my resolutions for this year i've always needed a good manager or agent i've never had that in, in any part of my career and i've decided i'm making the holy spirit my manager i'm turning it all over to the holy spirit i think that's a great idea and i and i'm naming him manny i always thought i should have an agent named manny and, I, and that's and so. What my nickname for the Holy Spirit is Manny when he's being in the position of being my manager agent, and I'm just leaving it up to him. And and wherever it goes, that's where it, that's kind of what you do. You let you let Spirit guide you, and it's all working out great. That's true. That's true. That's a great idea, Gene. I'm I gonna do that. I can miss now. I'm doing that. That's it. Well, he guided me to be doing these podcasts with you, quite honestly. Ah. So, you know, so far, so good. So I guess he had one really good idea so far, and hopefully there'll be more. Anyway, back to Stephen's question. My comment or question for Gary is this. In re- and i got to say this. We don't have an explicit label on this show, and I, I don't think we need it. But here's what Stephen says. In regards to what a lucky bastard he is for having had those personal encounters with Arton and Persa, I'm sure many out there have had the same thoughts as me. How cool is that? I want that. Where are my ascended masters? I would be so much more motivated and dedicated to the course if some masters would just visit me and spell it all out. But in truth, we all did get to be visited by them through Gary and his books. Could Gary expound on that aspect? The idea that all of us here at this illusory space-time conjunction have been attracted to DU, Disappearance of the Universe, and A Course in Miracles for a reason. I mean, come on, Gene, you got to be the voice of Artin. <laughs> Just because Artin and Persa didn't manifest on our personal couches doesn't mean the teachings are any less impacting and important. I guess I would love to hear Gary speak to that, how we all really did get to meet Ascended Masters no matter what form it took, and how blessed we are by the Holy Spirit that we somehow stumbled upon Disappearance of the Universe and ACIM. Well, first of all, that's true, certainly, that... Uh you know, everybody had the same experience as me, you know, through the book. And uh, sometimes, you know, you can actually become one of the people in the conversation when you're reading it. And so, uh, you know, you do have the experience that way. But I think what's more important is that people have to realize that seeing art in Persa isn't that big a deal. I mean, it's really no different than seeing people because... You know, everything that we're seeing is a projection. Mm-hmm. Art and Persa weren't appearing here in order to make a big deal out of that. What they were doing was simply demonstrating that their bodies can be projected. And that's the true uh, truth about your body or anybody else's body. It's all a projection. And the ultimate experience for me has not been seeing Art and Persa. Uh, some people are surprised 
to hear that. But, you know, the ultimate experience is the experience of being one with God, and that can be experienced by any of us, you know, in this lifetime. And when you have that experience, it completely blows away anything that takes place within the realm of perception. You know, even seeing art in person still takes place within the realm of perception because it's something that you're seeing. Right. And so, by definition, it's still an illusion. Mm -hmm. And the experience that we want to be going for is not an illusion. The experience that we want to be going for is reality, which is spirit, which is perfect oneness with God. And that can be experienced in this lifetime. And that's the experience that A Course in Miracles is directed toward. And that's the experience that Art and Persa were directing me toward. So that's really what we should be going for. Well, great. And, and Gary, just so you know, Stephen has another question for me, but I have to ask you that when we're off the air, and then I'll, I'll email him back on that answer. It's, it's, it's not as good as anybody thinks. It's just probably more distasteful. But you and, you and I and Stephen will get along great about that one. All right. As we've mentioned in previous podcasts, if you have a question for Gary you'd like to submit, by all means send it in. You can send them to me, that's gene at genebogart.com. And you'll also find that address on the homepage at forgiveness.tv. If you would, in any emails, please put in the subject line, question for Gary. And then we'll see if we can get to it in one of our upcoming shows. Just so folks will know, we have a lot of questions to get to because people have been very good, very active about submitting questions for us. So anything coming in now, it's going to take a little while to get to. We try to address these questions roughly in the order that they come in, sort of first come, first served as much as possible because we don't want people to have to wait any longer than they need to. But it's going to take a while at this point. We're going to do our best to get to them all. So uh, if you want to wait, that's okay. But if you want to send something in now you can do that as well either way just make sure you put question for gary in the subject line and again send it to me gene at genebogart.com and i think we may have time for yet one more question for gary here in this podcast episode This question comes to you from another Gary. Actually, we've had a number of people named Gary who have submitted questions for Gary. I think there may be a connection here, or or maybe it's just me. But this is from Gary from New Middletown, Ohio. And he says, I have read both of Gary's books, but I have not finished the text in A Course in Miracles yet. I have been forgiving as instructed. Does it still chip away at the ego, even though I haven't started the workbook yet? Do I still have to do A Course in Miracles along with Disappearance of the Universe and Your Immortal Reality? I think I know where you're going to go on that one. Uh, And then just the final adjunct part of the question, he says, how do you forgive an event like earthquake you are forgiven and released? And that's from Gary. He says, thanks, guys. Right. Well, I think that uh, the disappearance of the universe and your immortal reality definitely gets you off on the right foot uh, with this kind of forgiveness and, of course, miracles. Any forgiveness that you do is going to work and, you know, it's going to help you. Uh, I simply recommend to people that they keep going with it if if they feel like this is something that's for them. And the way that you're uh, describing it, I think it's obvious that it is for you. Then eventually you want to do the workbook of A Course in Miracles. In fact, in uh, the teacher's manual, Jesus says uh, that anyone who is a teacher of God and who wants to claim that title uh, should have gone through the workbook. So according to Jesus, you know, you're a, uh, you're a teacher of God only after you've actually done the workbook of the Course. So uh-huh. that's you know, a pretty good motivating factor. And the reason for that is because the workbook trains your mind to think along the lines that are described in the text of A Course in Miracles and also in uh, both of 
uh, our books, Disappearance and Your Immortal Reality. Mm-hmm. But if you do the forgiveness processes in uh, those two books, then that's certainly going to work also. And I, I simply think that it's, it's a question of how motivated you are, how far you want to go with this, how much you want to undo the ego. If you apply the principles of DU and your immortal reality, you are definitely undoing the ego. You are starting to undo the ego. But I think that you want to accelerate that process and, you know, do the uh, workbook of the course and, uh, you know, really go all the way with it. Uh, why not? I mean, you know, uh, what better way to uh, use your time in this lifetime than to completely undo the ego? I just get started. Why not go all the way with it? So the forgiving work, that can really be done at any time, and there's really nothing, no requirement for that once you kind of understand, and certainly it's explained in your two books how to go about that. But uh, I know that in in the course itself, it always refers to the theoretical framework that's presented within the text, and I think it's more than obviously just a framework, but it certainly explains the theory and why things are the way they are. Uh, But I'll tell you, the workbook is great. I mean, and and I don't think people should be put off by that or afraid of it, thinking, oh, it's going to be a lot of work. it, it is very pleasant to do. It's not so much work as just a little bit of self-discipline. It's really just mental exercises and a matter of remembering to do these things. And they're not tough. And boy, you sure do see results. That's right, because uh, I think to go all the way with this, the mind has to be trained. Uh, it, there's not just one form of, of uh, training to do that. But the workbook of A Course in Miracles is certainly one of the best in the world. Uh, there are parts of Buddhism that I think are great at training the mind. But you have to have some kind of a mind training system because of what Jesus says right at the beginning of the workbook. He says, an untrained mind can accomplish nothing. So uh, eventually the mind has to be trained to think along the lines of the text because if it's not, it's going to fall back into its old ways. It's going to take longer, maybe a lot longer. And if you really want to save time, which which is part of what the course is all about, then I think you want to train the mind uh, with the workbook and really take advantage of it. Let's just do a real quickly the follow-up on Gary's question, that second part, which was how do you forgive an event? We're not talking about another person here. How do you forgive an event such as an earthquake? How do you say you were forgiven and released to an earthquake? Well, exactly the same way. I mean, uh, at first, you know, it's, it's hard for us to believe this, but because it's all a projection that's coming from us, and because it's not true, there's really no difference between an earthquake and a person. But uh, we want to think, well, of course there is. Of course there's a difference between this. But when you think about it, how can you make a distinction between what is untrue and what is equally untrue? If neither one of them are true, then neither one of them are true. And so they can be forgiven exactly the same way. Anything that takes on a form, anything that has a border or a limit, is by definition a body. You know, so... uh, you know, a Buddhist would say that mind is mind, and it doesn't matter what the container appears to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a lot in common with uh, Course in Miracles in Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anything that has a border, like a podium or something, technically that's a body, because it has a limit, it appears to have a border. So, uh, you know, uh, anything can be forgiven equally. And, of course, it's mostly going to be people that push our buttons, so that's going to be you know, what we're going to be forgiving most of the time. But the truth is, a situation or, e- or an event, just like Persa says in The Disappearance of the Universe with that forgiveness thought process that's on page 256, you know, she says that this can be applied to any person, situation, or event, and that would include an earthquake, uh, it would include the weather, the tsunami, uh, anything like that, uh, because it's something that you're seeing in your mind, and you can change your mind about it. 
and you can release it to the Holy Spirit and get that what you're seeing is not true, that it's not being done to you, that you're not a victim of it. And whenever you do that, you're practicing forgiveness, and it has to work. The Gary Renard Podcast is produced by Enlighten Up Creations and presented by Forgiveness.tv. Verbal content of this program is copyright 2007, Gary Renard and Gene Bogart. For further information on Gary's best-selling books, The Disappearance of the Universe and Your Immortal Reality, please go to his website, www.garyrenard.com. This is Gene Bogart saying thanks for listening, and remember that no matter what the question, forgiveness is always the answer. We hope you'll join us again next time, here on the Gary Renard Podcast. Well, I think it's good. I think it's working out good. It's Manny. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>